0: welcome back fatties so Eli today Uh, in food news there's boba going on across America at not one but two major food restaurant chains in this country so let me tell you about them so Ah, uh, Del Del Taco's new poppers or Sprite poppers came out, which is basically putting cherry or mango popping boba uh, in in your soda in your Sprite, essentially. And what's also crazy is Dunkin' in New York is testing uh, bubble iced tea and bubble iced coffee uh, in New York and Massachusetts. So. Crazy boba news, and we're gonna dive into it.
1: I did see that we were gonna talk boba today, so uh, we're gonna have our friend Ty Tran on. uh, He runs a page called Asians Never Die, Uh, it's a community of millions uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And his whole brand is centered around these comedic moments and uh, culture in the Asian American community. So, like, if you've seen these funny ass memes about Asian culture on Instagram, it's probably from him, or if you've seen someone wearing a shirt that says Asian Squat Social Club, that's his brand. Um, So I figured he would be a fun person to talk boba with. Uh, I don't have, other than just enjoying boba periodically, I figured he could speak on it a little bit better than I could. So I'm excited to have him in the room with us.
0: Yeah, man, I'm excited to talk boba in general. And for everyone listening, if you have thoughts on our conversations, if you have questions about the boba that we're talking about, like maybe where you can get it, uh well, dm eli myself um leave them in the form of a review on the apple podcast uh app and uh yeah man here's uh here's the show here it is baby
1: guys uh ty mcfly aka ty Tran, in the building asians never die bro welcome welcome welcome
2: yo it's good to be here man thanks for having me
1: yo of course of course we can't talk Bobo without you uh <laughs> <laughs> Yo, realistically, I need my two Asian brothers to talk talk boba. I need to know before I get too flagrant on it. Um, but tell me a little bit. I don't think you and I have ever caught up about where you started your brand. Can you tell me a little bit more about like just how it
2: started? Yeah, for sure, man. So we're an Asian supremacy group, and we support pro. <laughs> <laughs> I <just can't> just happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, so, uh, yeah, we're an Asian comedy page, man. we focus on spreading positivity and humor and love and just, like, just trying to make people laugh, you know? So I started uh, Asians Never Die in 2016 as a page called AZN Never Die. So I don't know about Ooh. you guys, but there was a period in the early 2000s that was called the Asian Pride. Have you guys heard about that before?
0: Yeah, is that associate like, you? you needed a rice rocket to join,
2: or is that how that worked? <laughs> that is actually one of the uh uh a checklist that you need you need to smoke cigarettes you need to have baggy clothes and import rice rocket
1: <laughs> i thought that was just now, like the prerequisite for an aim username like for all of my all my <laughs> korean friends they just like had azn in the beginning i wanted it so bad but i didn't really know what it meant
2: Oh hell yeah, you know what's up with the AIM, right? That was the <laughs> shit back in the days, man. And it's so funny because like the Asian period can we can really point out a lot of things like especially AIM. This is when you first got those AOL CDs with like five hundred free hours. You made yep. a screen name, and it's for some reason I don't know why the Asian cast did this, but you know XOXO, shy baby girl four oh eight lugs hubs kisses whatever. Like it's crazy shit, man. <laughs> But that was like the Asian period where you're able to now finally connect with Asians from all around the world. So it was really dope.
1: So how, so how did it start though? So now that that was a time in 2016, but like, so 2016, how old are you then? And, and why did you start this, this Facebook page? Which is just to like kind of accumulate all of the, the jokes, the inside jokes that you and your friends had or what's the deal?
2: Yeah, man. I've always been like the class clown, you know, like not the typical Asian that was like super smart, you know, studious and nerdy. I was like the black sheep, you know what I'm saying? I was cracking jokes in class. I was like always the one that got in detention, you know, uh, teachers write your name on a board and put like a, a sad face next to that. And you got like too many checks. You get like a slip home and your parents beat your ass. So I was that kid, you know, so, <laughs> so, you know, Asian, I started Asian never died because like for, for me, uh, Asian identity wasn't in the mainstream, right? So when you turn on the TV, you know you saw like Home Alone, you saw uh, 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 Married Children, you saw like uh, Family Matters, but there was really no Asians in the media at all. So. You know, when we had the internet and I was able to connect with other Asian people out there, like we kind of formed like this sub-identity. And that's like the Rice Rockets, the cars, the import tuna worlds. And even Boba was such a big part of our identity, right? But then over time, like the Asian pride period kind of died off, you know? And then it became like the YouTubers, you know, you got the Wong Foo's and the JK Films and all those guys and stuff like that. So for me, I started the page because I wanted to kind of bring back that Asian pride days, but then when I started up, I started making all these memes and stuff like that. It, it grew organically over time. But then a lot of young people start falling the page. They're like, yo, what the fuck is AZN mean?
1: <laughs> Damn, so they didn't even know. This is like past their prime. Now you're talking to the younger, younger generation.
2: Exactly, man. You know, so I'm I'm in my thirties, right? So I grew up in the prime ages, but then all these young kids, like I don't know what AZN mean. I was like, yo, there is such a big generational gap between how I grew up and how the, all the young kids. So then, you know, we we made the decision to change over to Agents Never Die. So that's how kind of we started up. Tyler. Are there any like
1: negative connotations still left over from AZN? Like, like as as like a white person, can I? What is it? Do I have any like qualms saying it?
2: I, honestly, I don't think so, man. I, I mean, there's a lot of stereotypes and, you know, I mean, jokes are just based on stereotypes. A lot of times I, I group, a lot of comedians, you know, you know, one of my favorites was a uh, Jim Carrey, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy, Robin Williams. I mean, comedy back in the days was so different where like, you, know, you can use stereotypes and joke about that, you know? So I, I feel like, you know, Asians never die when people, when people first see it. Like, for example, like when, when I wear this hat around, right. And when people see it non-Asian, they're like, you crazy ass what the hell is asians never die mean, You know, so, so it does bring a, a weird connotation to people but you know when i explain it to them they're like oh shit i get it you know asians yeah you guys look young as hell and then boom six-year-old you look like yoda <laughs> <laughs> yo ty what was the what was your first boba
0: experience if you remember that
2: oh i vividly remember this man it was like it was like 1999, right? Uh, I was like a, a sophomore in high school. And then, you know, this is when like, a lot of my friends started first getting it a license, you know, 15, 16-year-old. You know, you got the Integra, you know, the Honda Civic. They're like, yo, let's cut class and get this something called like boba. Like back in the days, we didn't call it boba. We called it pearl milk tea, right? Pearl milk tea. I was like, what the hell is pearl milk tea? So they drove me from uh, San Jose to the city called Cupertino. And there, this was like one of the only places that had the boba was Fantasia. Have you guys heard about Fantasia? Nah. Um, yeah. 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 Fantasia is like OG, man. Like super Chinese. You walk in there. I don't think anybody spoke English. You know what I'm saying? Like all the signs were in Chinese. So like I we cut class when I was like, you know, 15, 16 years old. And we drove all the way over there. I'm like, yo, this is pretty crazy. My friend ordered it. I tried it. It was It was weird at first because... I don't think a lot of um, – there's no other drink in the world that, you know, when you're drinking something and there's, like, little balls that are chewy that can potentially choke you. So, at first, I'm like, this is kind of weird, but then it was pretty good and delicious, and it just became a thing where, like, girls wanted to go get it. Uh, so, hey, you want to get some, some boba? I was like, yeah, I'll drive you to get some boba. So, it was a way to, like, <laughs> hook up with girls and stuff like that. So, that's like, my first experience with boba. So, what about you, Jeff? Uh, Yeah, man. So – some of
0: i think our audience knows or i think i've referenced it a few times i'm I'm half asian but i'm half japanese and i went to a chinese baptist church like in high school so all all sorts of of, of layers there but a lot of the people that the church i went to were cantonese and they were obsessed with boba um, and i had had it a few times um, because there was a spot where Eli and I were literally across the street from um, our high school that had boba. Um, And so I'd tried it a few times, but it became a mainstay in my life when it was the equivalent of, you know, the average person today when they're like, hey, you want to meet up at Starbucks? Like, that was what every friend in my my church is like, that's where you would kind of meet up and hang out. Um, it was either that or Guppy House, which was like... Guppy House, uh, holy um, guppy shit. Guppy house, yeah, yes. house, But it was like, <laughs> dude, it was shave ice before shave ice. It was like, you know, it was... I talked to this day with people about you would pay like $25 for a tub of ice drenched in condensed milk with four slices of strawberry on it. And at the time, it was tight, <laughs> but it's, it's funny, but... um yeah, man, so I got really introduced to, to Boba, like in, in the high school uh, range. And at that time, kind of similar to what Ty said, a lot of the places we went to. Um, so I'm trying to I'm trying to remember, but like Tenren was big down here, which was like a, a, a multi location spot, I think originating from Taiwan. Um, there was Quigley. Which was like again, I'm gonna just like name drop a bunch of a bunch of stuff. But there was a lot of these OG brands, but they were all kind of independent. The signage was always different. The drinks were always kind of slightly different to next. But that's when my addiction started was was then. Bro, Lee's sandwiches.
1: Vietnamese sandwich shop. Amazing. That's that's where I got my boba and uh tapioca express. So I remember for me, like it was the drink. Like wh- I wasn't drinking iced coffee. Like we weren't going to Starbucks in high school. If, if we, I wasn't drinking a lot of caffeine that wasn't coming from like a monster energy drink. And when we did, it was time for Boba. But Boba was kind of this, I don't want to say, it was like a fun activity. And I remember so many times in the parking lot of our high school, my friends would be shooting each other with Boba pearls. Like they would just be (laughs) using the straw. Like, of course this flute would shoot Boba pearls out. Like what's the point of it being so big? And so there were so many jokes about Boba, like being balls in your mouth, being, you know, how did, how did, how did shit like that make you guys like was it funny? Is it still funny? Like I, you know, I don't, I don't know, yet know how I like process that. I just saw people doing it. And people like my Japanese friends, my Korean friends, you know, everyone was doing it. And, you know, and we were patronizing these places. Not like we were shooting him at the place, we were shooting them at each other. You know, we're being dumb high school kids. But do you guys remember like how other people thought of Boba at the time?
2: Oh, yeah, man. Dude, I was one of those kids that was using the straw and shot Boba and hit their face. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that yeah. That's man. <laughs> <laughs> no i i think you know boba was uh it was honestly for me like a group in the asian bubble right like most asian people we had like a bubble of our friends were like 90 percent were like asian yeah they token like white guy you know you know you're yeah, token black guy you know token mexican guy and you know they all love asian girls you know what i'm saying so they kind of just hung <laughs> up in our group together so uh but yeah it was just a normal thing for us but i didn't Honestly, I didn't hear too many jokes about it. We would just joke internally about it too much, uh, you know. But it's funny that you brought up Lee Sandwich and Quigley's, though, because nowadays, like, nobody goes to Lee's Sandwich, bro. Like, that is like the fast food of Vietnamese sandwich, man. So I'm telling you, there's a lot better ones out there. But I, I think they did their job, though, right? Like, Quickly's Tapioca Express, and Lee's Sandwiches. Like, they they brought the, the-, the-, the tap- uh, boba to the mass. And it was cheap and it was a place that you can get it, but it's not the best quality. So right. now all those places are kind of dying out. And I, nowadays, at least Sandwich, I barely see any Asian people go there. It's just because there's so many more uh, delicious and, um, and just a different uh, uh, options out there that people can go towards.
1: But we got do we have to give them some credit or do you guys give them any credit? You're talking about it a little bit, but if it wasn't for a Lee's sandwich popping up in at the time where we went to high school Fullerton, California, or you know, right now there's one in Orange, it's like that's still probably the closest place outside of you know, going to a a town where it's more concentrated with Vietnamese folk that like that's that was my first taste of a bomb me that got me through college at UCI. Like on campus the only place to get boba or a, a dope bami me, like on the cheap was Lee's sandwich. And so I would have never upgraded or leveled up and ventured into like Westminster and got dope, like doper Vietnamese food if I hadn't at least tried it there. And if, I think got like a serviceable one, you know, got a serviceable sandwich, a serviceable milk tea. Um, so you, like, you kind of have to start somewhere, which is interesting in what we're about to talk about, but I'm curious, like, did they at least do a job at the time? Hell yeah, man.
2: Hell yeah. That absolutely. I give credit to all those guys because you know, they're the one that first introduced it to the mass. And I think that's, that's like very American, right? Where Mm. here you got so many immigrants from different parts of the world. They're not only bringing their culture, but they're bringing their food. And the easiest way to understand or get to know somebody's culture is, is through their food, right? And I think those all those guys, they all did their job. Because I remember for myself, you know, we're Vietnamese uh, over here. But, you know, I remember as a child growing up, you know, my mom would cook spaghetti, you know. And they ain't no spaghetti in Vietnamese cuisine. <laughs> but, you know, we saw it on TV and I was like, yo, mom, let's make some spaghetti. But the interesting thing was that when she made spaghetti, it wasn't like, you know, the authentic Italian. We got like the ragu sauce. And then for her, she'd be like, uh, let's add in a little sugar. Okay, <laughs> let's add in a little uh, uh fish sauce. I'm like, what the hell? You adding fish sauce to, to spaghetti? <laughs> and the, <laughs> the Italians would die. They're like, what the hell? Putting in fish sauce? But it tasted good to me. And it was the my first uh, experience of, like Italian-American food. And I think that's kind of like the story that many of us had, right? Where like our first uh, experience of Sunday culture was a little bit more Westernized. And then once we tasted it and we liked it, the great thing about it now is that you can seek out the authentic food, right? You know, like let's say Olive Garden, right? Olive Garden is, it's, is not Italian food. You, you ask the Italian, that, that shit ain't Italian food.
1: But yes, that it's is so heard, popular. Italy.
2: Yeah, exactly. Ex- <laughs> yeah. But it did its job, right? It got you interested in its food. But once you got the taste of it, the beautiful things, you're able to now seek out more authentic food. There's authentic banh mi's, authentic pho, authentic uh, Italian food, authentic everything now. So I think that's the beautiful thing about it. And all these companies that did bring it to the masses, they deserve credit because now, you know, it brought it to the mass.
0: Yeah. And I would add before we go into, because I know we're going to go into boba stuff real quick is... Like being half Asian kind of, I think, allowed me to be both in the Asian bubble and out of the Asian bubble. And so I think kind of going back to the joke that you kind of talked about, Eli, is I had a group of Asian friends that I would go get boba all the time. And then I had another group that were non-Asian that didn't understand why anyone would want that texture with a drink, cause they've never experienced it. And I think to this day, you know, people that weren't raised with the idea of you can put pudding in a drink, you can put tapioca Fire. in a drink, you can put lychee in a drink. It's a weird idea to be like, oh, why do you have that big straw, right? Like why do you even, why would you even want that texture in your mouth? Because a drink should just be a drink? And I think that's, the, that's been the biggest barrier to, I think, boba overall is, you know, um, like my parents, I drink boba all the time. I, I, for a long time in high school and college, I, they tried it and they could not get over the like, why would I want this texture in my mouth? And I feel like that's not too dissimilar to anyone who was never raised on the drink at all is like, why do I want this? But then for people who are open and it's just like, it's a pretty delicious and awesome experience once you get through the, yeah, this is a different texture and a different drinking experience than a soda or a beer or a smoothie. It really is
1: one of the most unique drinks on this soil for Americans. Like I'm thinking about it now and and thinking about when you, Jeff, you mentioned like the textures and stuff. When it comes to drinks here in America, it's either water, it's either fizzy, or it's a milkshake, right? Like those are like the texture spectrum. You can have them hot or cold on the on the first one, but that's the texture spectrum. And then you throw in the idea of like these tea houses and the textures that we get out of them. I've never, I never experienced that growing up. And so that's what was like a whole new world for me in high school when I started like diving in. I'm curious. So, like the reason why we're talking about this, we're jumping off because you know, within this same week, we saw Del Taco, a the most American California take of Mexican and burger shops, put Boba on their menu. And they didn't half-ass it either. They put the whole it's on every Del Taco location, right? For those who aren't familiar with Del Taco, it's a pretty darn big chain here in on the the west coast of the united states um and in the same week dunkin donuts announces they're working on boba and they have a they have their own version they're putting it in an iced tea there's no explanation if it's going to have any sort of flavor beyond it just being their regular iced tea with some with some pearls in it Um, are we how do you guys feel i just want to drop that there we haven't even talked about del taco and and Duncan doing it first thoughts,
2: Ty. You know, for me, man. Uh, when I read about those articles, like when I saw it for them, it's just, it's very typical, right? They all take something that it's popular in a culture and try to mainstream it. Right. And it's, it's about making money, you know, you, you capitalize on a trend and you try to make money off of it. I, I know that Pete's coffee, you know, Vietnamese coffee is very big and they tried to create their own Vietnamese coffee, but it was not the same. But now reading all the article, right, the, even the boba that they're using, it's not the tapioca pearls, like the original tapioca cassava ones. They're taking something that's easier, which is the popping boba, right? Popping boba is, is, is uh, syrup-filled, fruit uh, filled, like little circular things, and I, I guess maybe that is the entry level that they're trying to target on Dunkin' Donuts and Del Taco is to put like the popping bulba And popping bulba is new. It's something that's new that within the last four or five years that just only came out with. And it's funny that they only use those and not the original tapioca because I think they're trying to appeal to the mainstream and, and utilize that. So that's just my feeling it. Jeff, how do you feel?
0: Yeah, I think... I'm actually surprised this didn't happen sooner um, because... I mean, we talk about Del Taco, and you can associate other chains like Taco Bell. Like, they're not Mexican. So, like, they've been taking elements of food and reworking for their own corporation for a long time. Boba has had such a niche audience, especially with the Asian American extended community, That like as much as I completely understand why they're doing it, because why not be first to market with a mainstream Boba, quote unquote, um, especially when there's opportunity. I mean, we talked to Andrew Chow of Boba Guys, and that was Boba Guys is kind of a leader in relation to multiple location place. And they're still, I don't know, in the dozen or two dozen location amounts. Like, that's, the, that's not a lot of volume when you consider, like, yeah, if boba goes nationwide at Dunkin', like, that's that's really crazy. So part of me was a little surprised that this is the first time that I'm hearing about it, but I think what doesn't surprise me is um, how they're going about it in the sense of, like, popping boba or, um, in Duncan's case, um, on the Food Beast article, talks about like a brown sugar flavored syrup boba. So I have a couple of thoughts with that that I want to that I want to chat about real quick just to get it off my chest. Good boba is not easy. So there's a major difference between when you go to a boba shop that makes its boba fresh daily versus like that random Thai or Vietnamese spot that like Has amazing food, but also randomly has boba on it Like the boba you drink in that spot is like straight-up packaged bullshit that can sit on a shelf forever Um, It was never cooked live and it was poured in your drink and if you drink it it tastes and feels like that so boba is magical when it's created on the spot and it goes through a cooking process is cooled and then placed into your drink fresh just like just like anything else that's fresh like your baguette from the bakery fresh versus like three day old baguette like there's a very visceral change in that and that's why like i'm like okay del taco and duncan like i'm Okay, you guys are doing boba, which Del Taco may not even. I mean, Del Taco calls it poppers, so that's like also something to mention. They're not identifying it with the word boba or pearls. That is like the nomenclature from our culture, Um, and so I think they're going to. I'm confused, though. I think they're going to do a half-assed job. Like uh, I haven't tried Dunkin's. I do have like Dells boba in front of me i'm gonna try that a second (laughs) but but i think that's something where like i don't have any even middling expectations of what duncan and del taco are going to bring in comparison to the boba that i know but could it be an introduction for millions of people to go find out about the great boba yes and so you know as long as you know, I don't I don't treat it as gospel either way. Like, I don't think it's great. And I also don't think it's bad because I think it just presents people with with new things. I get why Duncan is doing it.
1: I totally get it. it Duncan, at this point, is more about their coffee and their teas than they are about the trash donuts. That's just is what it is. <laughs> I have no clue why Del Taco's doing it. Not a single, not a single fiber of my being understands why Dell. Dell at least has a code, right? It's not Mexican food, but it understands the box that it plays in. It's this like California culture, westernized Mexican food. I guess it's all westernized. You know the fuck I'm talking about. So like they, that's why they can get away with a burger because it's something that maybe like people on their team would make on their off time. So it's like grew up in California, you could have a burger, you would have fries. Those are the weird things on their menu. Everything else is just a taco or a burrito or a tostada, whatever. Where the fuck does boba come in on this? Like where is it? Maybe I mean if I'm if I'm Del Taco CMO, maybe I'm like money. I don't know. Well, you know, I get money. I get I get it. I get it. And the way they're presenting it, they're afraid to call it boba. They're calling it sprite poppers, you know? And so, for me, it's it's money comes when you when you find the beautiful line to walk. So, you don't have to stay entirely in your lane and make money. It's just I have no freaking clue why boba is on Del Taco's menu at all, unless they're making the argument that boba is more a california thing than it is an american or a taiwanese thing that's like kind of what i'm getting from dell at this point
0: well let me let me educate you guys real quick because i, I i'm pretty sure i know the exact reason why they're doing it. it it ties in to tie what you said with money but i want to give you some background So for anyone that's followed the quick service industry for the past like five, six, seven decades since, you know, more or less its inception with kind of like the McDonald's and in and outs of the world is that for the majority of quick, that quick service has existed, beverages have been the highest profit margin of any product ever. That stopped when people were like, oh, uh, soda gives you diabetes, and soda contributes to obesity, and it's not as easy to push the product that is the highest performing product. Like no matter what food you serve, you want people to buy that dollar Coke because it's 90 cents in your franchisees pocket. So that's one, and what we're seeing is we're seeing success with beverage innovation because bringing novelty brings a certain level of trial. And so there's like all these things that are happening in the quote unquote beverage world that are kind of weird, right? Like the unicorn fraps from Starbucks, like weird, like why would you do that except for like a novelty? Um, I mean, we just actually helped launch uh, Taco Bell's like pineapple slushes which was actually fire, fire though which was fire like, bro even shit. if they weren't paying me to say it <laughs> <laughs> but fire but it was like one of those things where like with that innovation you might be able to see some of those margins come back and that's why like I kind of like don't fully I like I don't expect the del taco poppers to be good um but I can see why like flashing it on a menu is like well, is that a way to get our beverage business back? Because it's boring to just be like, get your Coke or Sprite. And I think that's part of the strategy is like, how can you have beverage innovation? Because even if you invest, you know, if you, they were making 90 cents for every dollar before and they can make 80 cents on every dollar now with a little bit of innovation, then it allows them to announce something and, and, and trial something. So that's kind of my theory.
2: Sure. Let me add to that. I I like where you're going, but I think it also has to do with the population growth in America, right? And we can really see like the brownie of America, like the Hispanic community, the Asian community is one of the largest growing in America, right? So as these companies, they're looking at the trends, they're like, oh, the demographics is really changing. So maybe for Del Taco, they want to like, yo, Asian Americans are six percent America. Our numbers don't reflect the people that are shopping, so let's introduce a product that would attract these type of customers, right? And now when I go to Boba shops, right, it's just not Asian people going there and shopping, right? It's everybody shopping for it. So now they're seeing the trend of how bulba can really build that bridge between cultures. Now, that like, hey, why don't we capitalize on that trend, too, and maybe bring more Asian people to shop at Don Taco?
1: No, that's true. I mean, here's the thing: the Del Taco Boba would taste incredible. I well, i can't wait for you to try it, Jeff. I think you should try it soon, live, like right now. Uh, but it would taste really good if Del Taco like paid us to tell them it tasted good. Like if it was just <laughs> branded, con- it'd be fucking fire.
2: Um, if you guys get paid, cut me a check too, okay? <laughs> no, we will.
1: Bro. <laughs> okay, Jeff, get get it, in, get into it. I want to get this live. I want to want to hear your slurp. I want you to to mess with the boba balls. Tell me what it tastes like.
0: So, uh, I wanna tell you, I- I'm gonna do that, but I wanna tell you about my disappointment when I went through the drive-through before I go into this. So, Uh-oh. they handed me these drinks, and this is, has nothing to do with like the specific location. They handed me these drinks, and they gave me regular straws. No, bro! <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no! Right here, bro. Wait. Look, the boba pearls are there, and this is the straw right here. That is that location, though. No, it is it? Yeah, I bought the drinks yesterday, and they
1: gave me boba straws. Oh, Thick they have pe- oh, they have yeah. straws?
0: Oh, my so God. fuck I was, your location. <laughs> dude, wow. I was about to go on this diatribe about how, like, no taco did boba pearls, but they didn't change the straws. And I was just going to be like, what are you, what's happening? Nah, just tell them about location 309. Just tell them. (laughs)
1: How are you supposed to drink
0: boba out of uh, a soda straw? well because that's the thing i was like oh did they really do that because i could see that being a thing of uh we don't (laughs) want to totally (laughs) we don't want to spend 10 million dollars within the system to change our straws but we can get these popping boba for cheap so let's just do it okay so i'm glad to know that they have straws but um well i'm bummed
1: your experience is going to be different now though because you don't even get you have to sip it like a beer
0: it's the bottom too. How are you gonna get it? I don't even know how I'm gonna get it. Like I'm gonna use these straws. sticks
1: <laughs> yeah, go for it.
0: Chopstick it. it,
2: bro.
1: Some crunchy ass boba, or that's the ice. I, don't I don't got.
0: Some, I got some ice with the boba. Um, okay, so to Ty's point, you've seen you've or most people have started to see popping boba everywhere. So uh it's available at a lot of tea shops. Um it's available at places like yogurtland like kind of randomly. Like you can use it as a topping. Um and so this is this is something that it's not it's not tapioca for sure and then it's not boba to how I define boba. It's basically like Imagine a plastic pouch that you can eat that has a burst of flavor in it and it kind of breaks immediately and the experience is kind of over as soon as it hits your mouth. That's drastically different than what I love in boba, which is like you take a sip, you have liquid and a couple of boba pearls and you basically like chew on that boba even after the liquid and taste is gone. And it kind of lengthens that, that sip experience. So, you know, this is what it is. I think it's interesting. I think it's something different. Um, definitely need the big straw, but um, you know, nothing, nothing truly groundbreaking here, but it's uh, you know, it's, it's Sprite and some, some mango flavor infused into into things that, look like boba
1: spicy man when we put up the dunkin donuts news on our instagram page we had a flood of comments come in um i'm going to read some of those comments right now because shout out to the food beast community for always giving us your raw perspective um you guys mind i'm just going to run through these real quick and then maybe you can incite us to what we talk about next on this so uh here are the instagram comments from the dunkin donuts launching boba news at from it will says quote unquote no joke this would slap Okay. <laughs> at jcr626 says el pollo loco coming out with boba Orchata next
2: hell yeah i'll fuck with that dude <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> yeah
1: okay at do man tv says at starbucks get on the wave okay at Jay nagasaki says they can't even get bacon right so this will be interesting okay at loni kai says oof we're not running on you guys anymore at spacey gracie says quote unquote cultural appropriation much at duncan and lastly uh at Dead Valentine says that shit about a taste like cigarette water and fruit snacks. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what the internet currently thinks of Dunkin' Donuts reaching out and doing boba. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, I don't think Dunkin' Donuts doing boba is as weird as Del Taco doing boba. I think that's somewhat inevitable as they like try to branch out and become a full coffee slash tea house as opposed to their donut shop. But how do you guys feel about, I'm curious because like as an Arab American, I feel like hummus has kind of jumped the ship. Hummus is this weird thing and hummus got big really fast in America. And I don't think when people see hummus, they think Arabs in the desert, right? It doesn't inspire you to go get more Middle Eastern food. When I see hummus and what I believe, other people see when they see hummus, correct me if I'm wrong, is they see healthy, they see fit people, they see yoga, maybe Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's has a whole end cap of just hummus,
2: right? Delicious though.
1: (laughs) I'm not not complaining about how it tastes, but I don't know how I feel yet because if someone tries hummus at Starbucks, I don't know if their next thought as a hummus virgin that their next thought is, bro, I'm going to go try some shawarma now. And I think they think what kombucha is on tap after I have hummus. So I think that's actually a really, I think there's some correlations here with what might happen with boba right now. Um, Like I'm, I'm straight up happy for hummus. I'm happy, it's like the friend that made it out the hood and they, but they forgot where it came from and it moved into like an affluent neighborhood, right? Uh, but it didn't bring baba ganoush along for the ride. It didn't bring kibbeh or pilaf or knefe or shawarma with it. And everyone in the neighborhood that hummus showed up at, America, right, they just started eating hummus with kale chips and putting it on toast and making chocolate hummus or using the garbanzo beans that they learned through hummus to make chocolate chip cookies. Like, we didn't dive deeper as into into Middle Eastern and Arab culture. Instead, we took what we wanted from that culture, what was comfortable from that culture, and we moved the fuck on, right? We And I think we might be doing the same thing with Boba. What do you guys think?
2: Absolutely, man. Uh, I I think it goes, but here's the thing, right? America is a melting pot of all these different types of people, right? So unless you have a friend from that community is going to take you to go try hummus and then bring you to a dope ass restaurant. You're going to try baba ganoush and, uh, all the delicious food. If this is somebody in the Midwest and seeing hummus on, on the, on the, uh, uh, Safeway or whatever it is, and they're buying it, trying for the first time, I think that's pretty dope, right? but unless you have um a friend that's bring you to there you're not going to be able to experience it so it the, one of the, one of the um the, um the the caption said that cultural appropriation, right? That's another thing right there also too, is that is Del Taco or Dunkin' Donuts even giving credit to the Taiwanese people for even making boba and making it popular or all these mall paw shops, right? And I don't think they are. So it's kind of like, that's what America is all about. America is all about just taking the surface, making money and bring it to the mass and that's it and moving on. So that's just my opinion. Uh,
1: You know, there are significantly less Arab Americans in the United States than there are Asian Americans in the united states so i think the perif- i think boba's proliferation is going to happen a lot fucking faster on a trajectory than what hummus took right hummus took 9-11 for people to like study arabs real quick try to de- demonize them as terrorists for a little bit and then and then weather it back but i, I do think it's on arab americans to like notice something's going on and-, and try harder
0: there's a couple of things uh Cultural appropriation in relation to food has been happening nonstop from the beginnings of our country. And so, I understand, especially in the 2020 sentiment, why lots of things are going to be labeled that way, but I don't understand how, like what we're going to really do like about it um, because Like, is the line boba now in 2020 when there have been Mexican taco chains thriving for decades and decades? Um, You know, and I think that the important word, and we've had a lot of cultural conversations on this podcast, is attribution, right? Which is when you, as a concept or as a person, put something out into the world and claim it to be as your own, What are you attributing um, or referencing is important. And so I can't imagine Duncan's Boba being a widespread success. Um, And this is why. I don't think there are enough non-Asians ready to bounce at Boba and buy it regularly. And I think the Asian community is going to be like, we're going to continue to get our dope boba from our dope boba shops who are also owned by Asian Americans who also represent and attribute to, you know, to the ways that we want to to be represented. And so to me, this is all just fun to talk about. Like, I don't think there's much we can do to say like, Duncan and Dell, you shouldn't be doing this because... Every major chain does this to some degree on some level because every chain needs innovation. Every chain needs to bring new things in and the new things that a melting pot of America is interested in continues to be other cultures that we haven't experienced in the mainstream before. So that's going to continue. We have to decide as consumers, whether we, whether we fuck with it or not. And for me, I fuck with Del Taco. I, Hell yeah. <laughs> I, like, I do I think that it attributed the food to a indigenous culture and said, yeah, we're going to do this in an homage to this? No, I think they grabbed taco shells, they put certain seasonings that represented a taco in the same format and some subtlety of flavor, and they created something that no one else was doing at that time and ran with it. And I think there's a level of both ingenious of identifying that, that is something that people want. Um, but not necessarily being completely clear of the morality code that we is, has been consistently changing and is now at the forefront of everything in 2020 and beyond. So, If Duncan happens to make fucking dope boba, which they won't. And I ran into (laughs) it one day while I was like on a trip somewhere and I just wanted to get something and it turned out to be good, then I might try it again. Like it's all situational, right? Like I'm not saying like as much as I, the majority of my money will probably continue to go to local boba spots that I prefer there's a, there's needs for lots of different people in different communities, and so maybe they would fit that need, but I just don't see it working now. I see that as like a cute experiment to get headlines and to get some trial, and we'll see where it goes.
2: No, I, I love your example of that, and we can even bring up like the most popular Chinese food in America is Panda Express, right? And if there was a company that did boba, I would have thought Panda Express would have served boba a long ass time ago. Yeah. Panda, yo, what's
1: up? <laughs> <laughs> they tried it. I don't know why they didn't just bring it to the masses. Again, thinking of how Jeff mentioned, like drinks are the highest profit margin, especially at a fast food chain at that scale that they could do, and they they missed the mark. But Panda Express does have these uh, these concept shops that are based here in in California. They're tea houses. They're Panda Express tea houses, and they do serve boba there. But again, that's like a couple locations. I can name them on on five fingers. Uh,
0: And and that's what I'm saying is, like, I don't think Panda missed their mark. I think they tested it and they were like, we can't scale this to the same degree that we can scale orange chicken and Beijing beef because the palate of America is fucking ready for that right now. But is the average non-Asian person in the Pacific Northwest or the Midwest or the Southeast going to go into their Panda and be like, yeah, I'll take your boba? I don't. (laughs) think so i mean i was just in a panda express in utah this past weekend i don't think i saw a clientele in there that was like can't wait to try the boba drink presented by panda express (laughs) and so like i wouldn't be surprised if why duncan is doing this is because a player like panda is saying we don't want that opportunity right now because we're not going to make money from it we'll stick to the bread and butter that we have because we're crushing it.
1: Yeah. So there's this YouTuber, David Dobrik, uh, young kid. I think he's pretty funny, really good YouTube videos. He has a massive audience, something like 20 million followers on social media. That's almost specifically on Instagram. And the other day he went to Del Taco and the day after he puts up an Insta story of the drink that was in his car left overnight and he holds it up to the camera. And he goes, what the fuck is in the bottom of this cup? It's all these translucent pearls. They had gone clear white. Um, They looked pasty. And he's just swirling them around in a 10-second Insta story. No identification. He basically just said, there's some shit at the bottom of my cup. Do you – I'm trying to imagine if that was your – and he has – I would venture to say a majority of his audience is like under the age of 25, Right? And so that might be their first shot at a boba. Like how does that make you feel Ty? Like what 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 do you what do you think of stuff like that? Does it even matter? Does it fucking matter?
2: You know, um I think that's with most things, right? Like my my spaghetti story, right? I, I didn't have any Italian friends growing up, you know. And what I saw was just on TV. I was like, yo, mom, I want to get some spaghetti. So she made her version of it. So when that guy, there's no cultural context of where this Boba came from. And he saw something weird and out of the norms, he was like, yeah, that's, that's people's reaction, right? When it's something new, that's how they react to it. It's gross, it's weird, and it's it's exotic where the kids would be. But I mean, I hope people don't, you know, I I hope people try it. And they kind of, you know, they fill it up for themselves. But I think American and like maybe in the Midwest and stuff like that, when you don't maybe have any Asian friends to give you that context, that would be your first reaction. And it's just going to spread like more negativity from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And I don't think I'm surprised at the reaction when we talk about like, that's the major pro con with Del Taco and Duncan doing Boba is it puts the word in people's mouth and it might also put the product on their taste buds but that representation of that product to your point eli is like if people think sabra is the best thing to come from middle eastern cuisine (laughs) like Yo, you th- you think that sucks <laughs> and i'm gonna think that for the people who think del taco translucent i thought sabra boba, was good bro like honestly <laughs> sabra
2: is delicious to me man i'm sorry to say no, but sabra is good bro sabra <laughs> is good
0: and, and this I,
1: boba it's the, at del taco is not half bad it's not awful if i'm in the del taco line and i want a little bit more texture out of my drink than normal but yeah if i want boba Bro, there's, you guys should Google this 14 insane boba creations in LA. Just do that and then have the time of your life because there's just 14 incredible. We're so advanced in boba right now as an American society with like what you can get from these independent shops that it like, maybe it, we're just malaise because all we do is look at food content all day. That I'm like, when I see Dell put popping pearls and it's just mango flavored, I'm just like, I'm just bored. I'm not mad. I'm just bored. Same with same with uh, Duncan. You're the biggest like coffee brand, one of the biggest coffee brands in the world. And your foray into Boba is putting regular pearls into regular iced tea. I was just expecting a little bit more fun. I was just ready to geek out.
0: Yeah, and I think there's – I think the major thing for me is this proves that there's still opportunity for – Asian American entrepreneurs to bring Boba to the forefront in the same way that there's Middle Eastern um, opportunity for that set of entrepreneurs that will bring like a level of both authenticity and attribution um, that Duncan and Del Taco will just never bring. And so, you know, I don't know if it's going to be Boba guys. I don't know if it's going to be 85 degrees, which is a pretty decent, Mm. like from the amount of locations that serves things, drinks, including Boba. But I do think the opportunity is there. Um, And, and yeah, we'll, we'll see if these drinks stay on for more than a limited time. I, I personally, I personally don't think so, but you know, that's, that's, to be seen. Ty, what's next for Boba, dude?
2: Well, what we're seeing right now is, I consider this like the third wave of Boba, right? I mean, the first wave was like, you know, the is the Tapioca Express, and then the second wave was like more of the mom, pause, you know, they they try to capitalize on that trend and do it. But the third wave that I consider now would be like the guys like Boba guys, where they're using natural products and using very good, high quality stuff, you know, and then they're also uh, using Boba made in the US because there was like mm. this whole stigma against uh, Boba causing cancer, you know, and I think when it's something foreign and something new, um, people automatically Use it as an enemy, right? So I would consider what's next for Bulb right now would be this high quality level boutique that uh, what Mobile Guys is doing, and bring it more to the mass. But you know, with with Del Taco and Duncan, all these guys like that. Honestly, I, I ain't mad at it because if it's bringing more light to a little bit about our Asian culture, I'm kind of happy, you know. Spicy,
1: spicy. Well, that I mean, we we did it, bros. We we talked. We did a whole fat ass podcast
2: about boba. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me ask you guys a question, though. Do you guys know Run what it. boba means? Yo, no. No idea. No. Eli? No no idea? No. So, yeah, it's it's funny, but uh, boba is actually a uh, slang for big boobs. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that So my Chinese friends told me that. They're like, do you know what boba means? It's means sling for big boobs. Wow. Oh, yo, slang. for real? It, it's, yeah, it's for real. But also, it's interesting because us Californians, we call it boba. But when you travel outside of our little pocket circle right here, majority of the world calls it bubble tea. But are we getting
1: trolled? Like, are we getting trolled here?
2: No, no, it's for reals, bro. For real. I posted it, I post a meme on my page and it says boba versus bubble tea. What do you call it, right? And it's like a 50-50. And what we figured out was that it depends on your region. People on the East Coast, people in Taiwan, people around the world, they'll call it bubble tea. But people in California, like, yo, it's boba. They're like, what? What? It's 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 a huge debate right now. So trust me. Post it up on Food Beast and ask your people, <laughs> what do you call this? Boba? Or bubble tea, and there's gonna be some big ass fights. <laughs> Yo, and
0: also <laughs> I'm gonna also, clip this right now. Also, also the word boba is gonna be canceled now. <laughs> like, we're not gonna be able to use that word anymore. Can't <laughs> suck back on boba anymore. It's
1: slang. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. When I when I said trolling, I believed you. But I was saying, are we as Californians? Did we get trolled? You know, did did like the first like Taiwanese boba shop guy was like. Yo, let's, let's, let's call it Boba. These dumb Americans won't
2: fucking know. <laughs> they're going to be sucking know, man, back
1: but... on some, some boobies is what they're going to be doing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, hey, honestly, you know, the word Boba, I'm a, I call it Boba, man. I mean, it's Boba, right? It's it's easier to say. It's cool to say. Bubble tea just describes, like, bubble tea. The reason why I call it bubble tea is when they shook it up, there's, like, little bubbles on there. I went to Taiwan a couple of times. They got some dope-ass uh Boba tea. Uh, Boba bubble tea over there, so... <laughs> definitely go to taiwan if you guys want some authentic ones Ty, where uh,
0: where can where can people learn more about you your page what you do what you got coming up next give us the rundown
2: Yeah, for sure, man. You can find us at Asians Never Die on Facebook or Instagram. And also I run another page called Rice Feed. So as, you know, Asians Never Die focuses on comedy, you know, I wanted to create a more segment where we're talking about more about Asian culture and pop news, uh, Asian pop culture news. So follow Rice Feed also too on Instagram and Facebook. And then I created another page because as you can tell, I'm a foodie too. I'm a a fatty. (laughs) You can follow us at Asians Never Diet. So that's our, our new foodie page. Nice,
1: man. yo! I love it, bro. Thank you so much for just being funny as shit. And, and I really do. When people say like, yo, thank you for the comedy. It makes me feel better. It really does. Like following pages like yours, like just puts me in a better mood and I, and I appreciate it. So thank you, man.
0: That was today's episode. Fatties, thank you so much for listening. If you want to tell us what you're liking, what you want to hear more of, uh, what you hate, what you would hate to hear more of, or just say, hi, uh, that you're listening. Um, please do leave us a review on the Apple Podcast Store. Uh, Apple Podcast Store, not Star. They need to figure um, out the name for that thing, <laughs> for sure. Dude. Yeah, well, Apple Podcasts, leave it there. Um, <laughs> and if you've been listening and you haven't dropped us a review yet, it really helps us out. And so far, we've got a rockin' you know, I feel like it's four and a half. We can round up the five-star rating just like the restaurants do on Yelp. So that's how I feel about it.
1: <laughs> I love that Apple rounds us up to a five-star average. It makes us look badass. But thank you guys for leaving the four and a half, the five, even if you leave a one-star, leave a one-star and just tell us why. We're, we're cool with it. Um, so yeah, please, if you guys liked it, leave us a review, get in touch with us, tweet at us at FoodBeast. Um, yeah, man. See you on the see you on the app pod store review section. I'm gonna respond to all of you guys. So,
0: and, and <laughs> bye also, guys. I've, we've been I've been seeing more people kind of pop up through my personal DM. Eli, I know you've been talking about listeners hitting you up through yours. So yeah, um, I am actively in comments talking about podcast episodes. Um, so if you want to have that discussion, um, at Jeff Cutnick G E O F F Cutnick K U T N I C K at Book of hmm. Eli. And DM us because uh, we're all about this podcast.
1: Yeah, we're active, yo. We're active. So hit us up. And until next week.
0: Until next week, fatties.